Welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. This is Rivalries, a series where we speak to fans and reporters of rival clubs. On this episode, we're joined by sports broadcaster and Chelsea fan Will Dalton. Chelsea go into the last game of the season fighting both Leicester and a resurgent Liverpool for a place in the top four. I asked Will how important the Villa game now is for Chelsea. Huge. It's huge. There's no two ways about it. This, I'm not, Obviously, it doesn't decide our season with everything else that's happened because of the Champions League. But it's a huge thing for the club, I suppose, on a financial level, um, on a transfer market level to attract players for next season. Um, obviously, it's not the final way. You know, Chelsea can qualify for the Champions League. If they were to win the Champions League, obviously, they'll be back in it next year. So, But... The way they played the other night against Leicester, if they play like that, it's uh, you can see the the hunger in the sides to make sure that qualification for the Champions League is is set in stone even before they go um, to Portugal to play Man City. What do you think Villa fans should expect from Chelsea at Villa Park, and what kind, I mean, you've, Chelsea have a huge squad and a range of options. What kind of players do you think Villa should expect to see as well? I think Thomas Tuchel will be quite wary that against, especially in the Arsenal game, and then the FA Cup final, he made changes, and it didn't work. Mm. I think at this stage of the season, especially because the Champions League is another week away, and the players are so used to playing two games a week now, it will almost feel like they have an extended break to the Champions League. So I don't expect to see too many changes to the side. I think Kante will be rested, because I think there's a little doubt over uh, just a, a niggle he's carrying. So... I'd expect him to sit this one out. And Kovacic is back, fully fit, came on the other night, did well against Leicester. So I expect him to start with Jorginho. Um, don't think he'll rest Mason Mount. Uh, there's the kind of toss-up between Christian Pusilic uh, and um, Hakim Ziyech. And then, depending on Kai Havertz's fitness, he may come back in with Timo Werner again. I saw something this morning. I think he scored 24 goals this season. But only 12 of them have been allowed. <laughs> it's quite incredible. Don't quote me on that, but it's something, some stat like that. Um, I'm a big fan of his, and I know he's got an awful lot of slack this season for not scoring 50 goals that some fans think he should be scoring. But I think his overall contribution to the team uh, should be really valued quite highly. And I think his, he's just been unlucky in front of goal, which has affected his confidence and we, we all know confidence thrive, our strikers thrive on confidence. So I think overall, just to answer your question, I don't expect too many changes. I think you'll see a fairly similar back three uh, and Mendy to start in goals. Um, it's so funny hearing you reel off those names and just be like, my God, what a, what a squad Chelsea have. Ziyech, Pulisic, Werner. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's uh, so much competition for places. But um, who would you identify out of all those players as potentially the biggest threat uh, to Villa? Uh, who's, the, who's the man in form, maybe? I think Timo's confidence is starting to go in the right direction. I think just, you know, I think he's, he, he seems to be able to just quite pass over the fact that everything just seems to be going against him at the moment. And the thing I love about him is, despite that, everything is against him. Despite, you know, you look at the decision the other night with Mike Riley. He's kicked in the back of the leg in the box and the referee gives a free kick against them. Like you couldn't kind of write that at the moment. They have VAR there. They look at this. 
and still it's not a penalty, <laughs> despite not one person saying otherwise. So you kind of go, when that kind of happens to you, you've just kind of got to smile, laugh it off. And he seems to be quite able to do that. Um, Christian Pulisic, I think as well, is coming into a little bit of good form. You can see when that kind of speed builds up in his game, his, his very quick feet uh, and a very quick footballing mind. So I think he, he's in, in, in a very good patch of form at the moment. A, a random one, which you may not have expected me to say, would be Tony Rudiger. You know, right. that guy has just resurrected his career. I was a fan of him when we signed. I thought he did well in the first season. It kind of ebbed off a little bit. And I think a, a, lot, of, a lot of fans were questioning, was this kind of his level? We expected him to kind of go up a bit more, and he hadn't. Then obviously there was the... The kind of drop in form, there was the rumours of not getting on well with certain players, managers. And then Tom Stupa has been able to, which has been the key, I think, to Chelsea's success this season. He's been able to take some of those players and push them on to the next level. Rudiger is one. Absolute standout performance the other night against Leicester. A real sort of leadership performance. Uh, a John Terry-like performance, do I dare say, <laughs> uh, against Leicester. And, and others, like... Christensen, Andres Christensen, who again thought he kind of plateaued. Maybe this is his level. Maybe that's as far as he's going to go. Again, has stepped up. Look, almost looks like a natural heir to Thiago Silva. Eduard Mendy, when I saw him first, I thought solid keeper, but I'm not going to expect anything spectacular. I've seen growth in him as well this season. Um, so I think it's been his ability to transform players who were six out of ten, seven out of ten players into now eight pushing on to nine out of 10 players, which has been the real difference for Chelsea. So I think there's a, there's a few threats around the pitch that I think Villa might have to be a little bit worried about. Well, one you didn't mention is Olivier Giroud, who seems to always score against Aston Villa. I think he has 10 goals in all competitions against us. So please God, he doesn't uh, turn up on the pitch. Um, so, I mean, looking at Aston Villa, what are you expecting from the Villa and who do you identify as our main threats? Well, I was just looking at this last night as in... I've seen Villa a little bit over the past few weeks and to try and see what there is for you. Because when you look at your position in the table, a correct and wrong, frankly, you can't go up and you can't go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's always a dangerous thing for a club. I remember interviewing a, uh, a player who shall remain unnamed at a Premier League club um, the Thursday before the final weekend. Um, and... This player may have a slight reputation of being a little bit of a moan. I thought he was okay. But I remember him coming in and I was saying to him, so, you know, weekend, I said, you know, last game. And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh. And he goes, oh, we've got to go on some foreign trip straight after the game. And I was like, okay. But in my mind, I was thinking, well, you'd be fine first class. And it's just one more thing. And then you have nice holidays and stuff like this. And I said, well, I suppose the game the weekend this, you know, it's kind of a bit immaterial. <laughs> Chairman came in and told us we have to win the weekend. It's the difference of one place, which makes, you know, a, a million pounds or whatever it is in the place difference. And that he'd be really disappointed if we didn't get the win. I was like, oh, okay. So there is a bit of pressure. But when I look at E, that isn't even there. Wow. And obviously, I'm sure you would like to finish your season uh, on a high mm. and, and, you know, set a, set a marker for, for next year. But, I think you've done really well this year. Um, I think, you know, if you look at even the way Sheffield United went this year, the difference um, after the first season. So I think 
the team has progressed. I think losing Jack Grealish has been definitely a major blow for was it 10, 12 games? Yeah. So, you know, that, that could, you know, you, you put him back into that side and we could be talking about eighth, seventh, should I dare say sixth even, yeah. you know, depending, because that's where you were kind of around Christmas time. Um, so, and, and I think there's been some, some interesting players who, again, are growing. Uh, Ollie Watkins has impressed. Yeah. Wasn't sure whether he was going to be Premier League quality. Was he going to be one of these championship strikers who just might get you eight to ten goals a year? Looks like there's potential and more potential to come from him there. Mm. Um, and one of our old favourites, who I've enjoyed watching and blossom a bit, is Bertrand Traore. Killer mm. of a left foot. And I would say a very awkward player to play against. Yeah. Um, you don't really know what he's going to do next. He, he's a bit of a maverick and he's played well. Um, and then at the back, you know, you've, you've looked, looked solid. Martinez was such a good boy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and people seem to forget that. He has done superb. He's, he's really answered any sort of critics, you know, because when he came into that Arsenal side, you look, you can't go now. Why did Arsenal sell him? Mm. You know? Um, Matty Cash, I've been very impressed with as well. Uh, really like his, the way he plays, high energy stuff. Um, that's Justine Smith has really got the best out of a good squad he has. And I suppose for you now, it's kind of looking at next year to say, right, are we going to take that next step now? Do you have a good squad of players with a nice balance? What's the sort of players we bring in to improve? Are we going to go big money signings? Does that then unbalance the squad a bit more? But how do we push on to that next level? Because I think that's where your aim is going to be ultimately next year. So the top eight would be a really good uh, push on for you but again you gotta be careful going the other direction too yeah that's a really good point it's going to be an interesting summer for Villa um, I think it's I think it's fairly obvious where we need to improve and I would argue that's probably in centre midfield um, I think sometimes we get a bit overrun there um, and so you know I can imagine a scenario uh, against Chelsea where you'll make a couple of subs high class players coming off the, the bench and you know, they're fresh legs and it can just overrun our midfield a little bit. And I'm not sure we ever have an option to come on and just stop that. Um, yeah. So that could be something. And also, I'd say a, a very consistent winger. I think our, our wingers have done um, good this season in Traore and uh, El Ghazi. They're both contributing goals, assists. But um, the consistency is not always there. Um, but then, and then a couple of youth players made their debuts yesterday. Carney Chukwamika came on against Spurs and uh, Jaden Philogene uh, Bidas as well. And the two of them, um, I think they'll get, a, well, Jaden, I think will get a run out against Chelsea. Um, they both looked really exciting. Carney hit the post as well. I screamed the house down when that hit the post. So there's, there's a lot to be excited about for Villa, I think. Um, but a, a player that Chelsea fans and Villa fans both know a lot about uh, is Tammy Abraham. Now, Tammy, uh, I think he had a, Good start to the season. He had it seemed to have a good time under Frank Lampard. Villa fans love him. We love the man. Uh, helped fire us back up to the Premier League. Um, but things haven't gone well for him under uh, Tuchel. Um, what, what's happened? It's been the one enigma. It's mm. been the one player that hasn't blossomed, that hasn't had a moment, shall we say. And to be honest with you, I really don't understand it because if you look at his... Um, you know, his, the, the guys on... When I say his same level, but like... Reese James, Callum Hudson, Adoy have come through the youth ranks. Mason, Mendes, of course. Um, Tammy's been left out in the cold, and it's strange when you look at the options we've had up front, especially with Timo's <coughs> inconsistency at times, especially when it comes to goal scoring. 
But as I said, the thing with me that makes the difference in, in, in the players, and, and again, I don't know if this is something with Tammy, but Timo's work rate is incredible. The amount of times this year, you know, as I said, he's got so much slack from not scoring and, and that. You can see it's that confidence thing of, of just when I'm in front of goal that all of a sudden the nerves kick in. But the work rate he has of tracking back, of getting, recovering balls, setting up things, moving fast, chasing down players. That to me is the only thing I can see is, is Tammy not doing enough of that to convince Thomas Tuchel that I should be your starting striker? Is his game just not suited to the way Tuchel wants to play? Or is it something off the pitch that we don't know about? You always have to kind of take that into account when there is such an enigma and a question mark over a player who has scored so many goals. Like even last night, I was looking at the top scorer in the Premier League and I had to go down far away to find a Chelsea player. Mm. And, you know, they're in the Champions League final. They're in the FA Cup final and they are third in the league. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. So you kind of have to wonder why, should I say, your prolific striker. Obviously, Giroud's been there. And again, Giroud hasn't, I thought, would have had a bit more game time, especially after the Atletico Madrid game where he scored that overhead kick. Hasn't had a huge amount. Again, he, he is a bit of a battering ram and we kind of don't really play that way. Um, and I would think he will probably leave in the summer. But Tammy has just been weird is the best way to put it and when I say weird even if he's not in the style of play which me, leads me to think it's something else is why aren't you even on the bench what you know you're left out of the FA Cup finals well that's a statement yeah you have two left backs on the bench that's a statement left backs aren't going to win you games do you think do you think he's going to go this summer <sighs> yeah prob- probably wow. all evidence points that way you know obviously we've been linked with purchasing Certain strikers from around Europe, Haaland, Lewandowski, um, it seems to be the only thing missing from our game plan is somebody to just get that ball and stick it in the roof of the net because we've been threatening to beat a team 8-0. I'm not saying it will be you by any means, but we've been threatening to. <laughs> You've done you know, it before. You even look at the, Frankie, you look at the Real Madrid game. We dominated them. Yeah. You know, Now, I don't think that's a, a vintage Real Madrid side, but if... You feel that if that Haaland had been in that side, you know, he just puts his foot to a ball and it's in the back of the net. He doesn't even open his eyes. Mm. You feel if that sort of player was in the Chelsea team, you know, that's the last thing to click. So if Tammy hasn't been getting that game time and he is a, a, an out and out striker, then you'd kind of have to feel that maybe he would be on his way. But in the current market, you can't see it being cheap either because he's an English homegrown player. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, English homegrown players always seem to go for a premium price. Uh, I think a lot of Villa fans would like to see him back at the club. Um, I've seen him linked with West Ham and teams like that. It'd be an interesting one if he came to Villa, uh, you know, with Ollie up front. Um, he'd give us more options, I guess, um, but it'd be a lot of money to spend on a, on a position that is probably not a priority for us. So I'd be surprised if he ended up at Villa, but then again, you know, I, st- I still think he'd be a good signing for us. I mean, I still still love the man. The other thing I just wanted to say, just going back to what I said earlier as well, is with, with Tuchel's um, skill of elevating these players, like what I said with Christensen and Mendy and, <clears throat> and uh, Tony Rudiger, that hasn't happened with Tammy. Mm. I met Tammy years ago when he was playing the FA Youth Cup for Chelsea. And I remember seeing him playing up front with Dom Slanky. Dom Slanky was the year ahead. And I remember seeing Tammy, and I was talking to a colleague of mine, and we both looked at Tammy and went, 
this kid is is better than it out here. And you could see the class. Um, <clears throat> you felt it was kind of a young drug in the making. All he was missing was a bit of muscle, a bit of steel to bully defenders. Mm. And I feel with Tammy, he just hasn't kicked on to the level. I think he can kick on to. Again, in games, he sometimes drifts in, drifts out, and it's kind of like it's not going the right way for him. He's been getting goals, but I have yet to see him dominate the defence as a striker. Mm. And that's, for me, what I feel he should be doing. He has the potential to do. And, like, you're talking about, you know, going to Villa and all that sort of stuff. The one wild card that you have that could turn it for you is, who do you get on the phone to ring him? Your yeah. system manager. Do you know what I mean? And straight away, he's going to be like, come back, I'll turn you into Drogba. Mm. So it, it, it could be a link there. Or, you know, would it be, would it be weird to say that he'd go out on loan again? Mm. Possibility. Because I think, Frankie, you're looking at 40 million plus. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's a lot of money. And then are Chelsea going to get that? Because that's what they're going to want, I would say. Are they going to get that? Maybe not. So then what do you do? Mm. You can't really leave a player like that. Chelsea aren't one for letting players sit on the bench. They like their players to continue to evolve. And if they're going to sell them, they sell them. We've seen the loan system, how they've operated that. So, you know, Villa for a year could be a good mix. I still think there's more to come from that kid. And, uh, yeah, we're no strangers to learning from Chelsea. Obviously, we learned Tammy. But uh, Ross Barkley as well, um, his spell has come to an end now because he won't be able to play against uh, Chelsea. So, uh, you know, are you... Are you um, are you expecting Chelsea to sell him as well, or could it be another loan move for him next year? The forgotten man. Yeah. It, like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seemed to go, seemed to be a good fist, a good loan. Get out there and, you know, uh, again, prove yourself under the tutelage of Dean and, and John Terry. You'd obviously, you know, started off so well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just disappeared and you would have thought with Jack not being there Ross here's your opportunity now mm. and again just waiting for Ross to kick on and sometimes these players just don't kick on mm. and, you know that's that's that that's kind of the, the the divide between the really good young prospect and Ross obviously was a fantastic incredible prospect had his injuries seemed to get back fit with Chelsea seemed to do well last year was a little bit surprised to let him go out low I thought he would have been part of the, the setup. Um, but again, is there something we're missing there from the character, the personality? He's had a couple of issues where he's, he's not maybe towed the party line a bit. Um, I don't know. So I, I think, look, again, looking at the evidence in front of us from the way the season is finished for us, yeah, I think it'd be so. Yeah, it's been a it's been a very mixed spell of Villa. It started so well, and there's been real there's been patches of where you've seen his class. You know, the Everton game away a couple of weeks ago, he was exceptional. But there's just you know he'll be exceptional against Everton, and then three days later against Man United, and then against Everton again, just you know just seemed so unsure of himself and um, just so inconsistent. You know, to go from so good to so performing so poorly to be quite frank um it's yeah. it's almost inexplicable um for a player of that talent it's it's um it's unusual not you know i really wish him all the best I, we're not going to sign him um but uh you know because there is a talent there and there's still i still feel there's more to come from him um and there were signs of that this season but 
I'd say a mix of injuries, our COVID break in the middle and just a, a patchy form of just cost him a little bit in the end this season. Um, yes. but, but I think as a final question for this half, um, you know, the last time Villa played Chelsea was in December. Uh, it finished uh, 1-1. Uh, Frank Lampard was in charge. Uh, are Villa now facing a very different side to the one we faced that night at Stamford Bridge? Hugely. In fact, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of Lampard getting the sack. I thought, you know, it, again, it's like when you were mentioning youth players earlier. It's like a youth player taking over the team. Um, there was that buzz because he's one of your own and we all wanted him to succeed and you know that the backroom staff was all Chelsea through and through with Jody and Joe and it seemed like the perfect setup. Um, little did we know Roman had other ideas and you know in hindsight you really can't blame Roman because every time he seems to get it right and his decisions produce trophies and you know a turnaround in form so he got the right, he, he made the right decision and, and Thomas has come in and what I still can't get over is a defence that looked so porous. Players that had reached their level, which wasn't the level you needed them to be to be challenging for a Premier League title, have now just all of a sudden done a 180 and started to grow and develop into these world-class players. Our defensive stats are, are unbelievable. In Gola Kante, I was worried that he was past his best. And I'll be honest with you, Frankie, you know, the, there's a difference between watching players on TV and watching them live. And Angola Kante, to me, is up there with Eden Hazard. He is incredible to watch live. If you sit at a match and watch that man's engine, it's scary. He just doesn't stop. And I know we hear commentators say this on TV and stuff, but if any of the fans get, if he, if he does play the weekend or the next time they play Chelsea, just spend 20 minutes, just watch Kante. Don't watch anything else. Just watch him. He is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, so I think, yeah, just overall, the, the solidity of the team has just been incredible to see the way that they've just shored it up without any personnel change, really, uh, and conceded so few goals um, and got themselves into this position. I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, I thought Frank deserved a bit more time, uh, but he wasn't getting the defensive side of the game right. Now, what we need to do is turn the other way a little bit, is, is just get the goals a little bit right. We're not as, as prolific as we need to be. We are still winning and we're still up there, but I think, you know, if this team could get that right, then there's no stopping it on next season. You'll be going for everything um, because that's the final piece of the puzzle, but if they can find that. Uh, and I look forward, always look forward to playing Villa. It's always a great place to go Villa Park. I've had so many games there, working there. Uh, it's always a great atmosphere. Um, and obviously, as Chelsea fans as well, we love to see JT doing well. We'll always follow him, support him. So, you know, to me, he's a future Chelsea manager at some stage, 100%. Um, whether he'd be better than Frank or not, we'll see. Um, but it's, it's an interesting route he's taken under Dean Smith and uh, I think he's learned an awful lot there too. All Villa, no filler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Now it's time for a section where we ask our rival fans a spicy question. 
Today, we ask you, Will, about Aston Villa's wonder player, Jack Grealish. Who would you have, Jack Grealish or Mason Mount? Do you mean the former Ireland Youth International? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to you, I've got to tell That is a... <laughs> I've talked about that a long time, yeah. No, um, I have to go with Mason. Look, I think Jack is a, maybe has a little bit more flair. Hmm. But I just think Mason's all-round game in where he's come in 12 months. He has now got that self-belief that he believes he is. Uh, he's just won our player of the year. Um, you know, he's come from the youth team and he, is, he, is the, the, he will be the captain of Chelsea for many years to come. Um, and the, <clears throat> I don't want to say the new Frank Lampard, but it takes games by the scruff of the neck. Never goes missing. Never goes missing in a game. You can see him just working his socks off in that midfield and it is continuing to develop every side of his game from the defensive side of his game to the attacking side of the game, to the goal scoring, to the leadership qualities as he gets older. Um, and his personality, he's a bright, positive kid who is just a joy to be around. Mm. Look, I think Jack is a wonderful, wonderful player, don't get me wrong. I think his creative flair his tricks, his, the way he moves and uh, takes on people, the way he sees a game is fantastic as well. I just don't think he's as consistent. I think the injuries play a little part there as well. And Jack is just a bit, bit more an old school maverick, isn't he? A little bit of a, a little bit of George Best in there, I think, as well. <laughs> for, yeah. um, you know, enjoys the life. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, uh, I think, you know, I think just going forward, I think Mason is going to be the one, like Frank did, who will be your, you know, 50 game a season man, scoring hopefully 20, 15 goals a season, captain of the team, leader. Uh, you know, uh, to be honest with you, when it comes to England, I'd love to see them both play together because I think they will bounce off each other brilliantly. So, but I'm going to stick with my, my blue guns and, and say Mason on this one. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. I think, mate, I think you're right about Mason Mount. I think he, um, every time I watch him, he just seems to be getting better and better. And his, his, his intelligence and understanding of the game is just phenomenal. Like, he's a really good player. And you can see Tuchel loves him as well. Um, I think, uh, I mean, personally, I'd, obviously, I'd pick Grealish. Um, you know, he's one of our own and all that. And uh, I think what you said about George Best is an interesting one because Grealish is often compared to Gaza. But I, I don't often see that much Gaza in Grealish. Actually, when I watch videos of George Best, I think, oh, that's more like Grealish. That's kind of this very maverick, genius, moments of genius that very, very few players ever produce. Um, he's an absolutely incredible footballer. But uh, I think the Mount Grealish question is interesting because whenever Gareth Southgate was asked about Jack Grealish and why he wasn't picking him about a year ago for England... Um, he would seemingly always bring Mason Mount into the conversation without, with no kind of um, push to do so. Um, so I, I think it became a bit of a thing that it was like everybody really thinks Mason Mount's a very good player, but couldn't quite understand why he was always being compared to Grealish when, the, you know, they are actually slightly different. Um, but I think you're right as well. Seeing them play together would be just phenomenal because they just offer different things. And, you know, I guess Mount's probably a bit more high energy, um, whereas Grealish is a bit more... Um, a bit more just unpredictability a bit more skill and yeah. he'll, he'll have that through ball so that was our spicy question if you have an opinion on anything we've talked about 
you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com. That's allvillanofiller at gmail.com. So, Will, before we wrap up, I've got to ask you, what is your prediction for the Chelsea-Aston Villa game? Right. <clears throat> so, am I right in thinking we haven't beat us since 2014? Uh, that does sound I right, yes. I think it's been it was a while. 2014, hmm. uh, if I'm sure. Um, there's been a lot of close games. There's been a few hmm. that have gone our way, um, but I think... Yeah, I think it was 1-0 at Villa Park 2014 was the last time ye won. And that was, who scored that? Uh, Fabian Delph. It was. We had two players sent off. Oh, it, William oh, I've ever been in a pub for that and just running around the pub. like a, <laughs> yeah. 82nd minute. Um, look, I think if we play with the same motivation that we started with against Leicester, that was a massive... You could just see from the, the off. I don't think Daniel Armarte's throwing the pennants over his head. The little video uh, was too helpful to Leicester's cause at all because that's just going to rile up a team. And Chelsea were at it on Tuesday night from the go. If that same team turns up and with that same motivation, uh, I, I, yeah, I can't see anything but a Chelsea win. And I think just the fact that we needed more. Um, you know, Even if you had something small to play for, like a place to go up, or anything, um, then I would, give, I would give you a chance. But I think, I think Chelsea will just be so up for this that uh, it will be hard for you to, to see us off. So I, I'm going to go for a Chelsea win. Yeah, I think that was, a, I, I, if I'm honest, um, I, I'd predict probably the same. Um, you know, it's going to be fun having the fans back uh, for the Villa. Um, I think the, the players will be up for that. Um, and, you know, there is pressure on Chelsea, you know, they, they do have to get a result, really. Um, but I think what tends to happen with Villa is that we tend to start quite well in games and we quite often take the lead. We, very often, and this is where I go back to the, the point in centre midfield getting overrun, as the game goes on and we get to about the 60th, 70th minute, the opposition tends to make a change and we often don't seem to be able to cope with it very well. We kind of lose it physically uh, and I can see that being the scenario against Chelsea I can imagine it being a, a tight start you know Villa giving us hope Ollie Watkins maybe getting a goal here or there but then you might make a change someone like Pulisic comes on like he did last season and makes the difference for you um, you know whoever it is you bring on basically you've got an amazing array of talent so um, yeah I think I think Chelsea might just win it based on that I think uh, you know a substitution might make the difference um, and the energy levels will be a bit higher, I think, because of that. But, uh, you know, it's an exciting end of the season for Villa, I guess, now that we've beaten Spurs. We've got a few youth players coming through. Grealish is back. Um, so it's a, it adds a bit, a bit more of a wild element to it. But, uh, yeah, I think Chelsea will probably have a little bit too much for us, maybe. And not to throw the cat amongst the pigeons, but it's the summer of, is Jack going to stay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody comes in with 80 million, yeah. what are they going to do? It's, it's a... Uh, you know, um, I've been, I was asked this by a Man United fan the other week and he said he'd have Grealish over Sancho, which came as a bit of a surprise to me because I, I do remember him being quite keen on Sancho. I um, would too. And I, I to be honest, um, I think we're going to keep him. I think he's going to stay this summer. Um, I think he's, loyal, he's very loyal to Villa. He's a huge Villa fan. Um, I don't think he's quite at the stage that Harry Kane is yet with Tottenham. Uh, Kane's a little bit older. 
and it does feel with Tottenham you think oh it's yeah I'm not sure where they're going at the moment whereas and with Grealish I think we've still got a couple of years and with Villa it feels like things are building um like we could be going somewhere next season I think will be the season um where we'll see exactly where Villa are going um and if we don't sort of start threatening Europe next season that's when I might get worried about Grealish but um, I think you've got another year and I think yeah. then depending on next season's progress we'll decide whether he stays or not but I think the good thing going for you is that Bruno Fernandes has been such a hit yeah. because I kind of think that fills in the Jack Grealish position it'd be very hard for me to see where those two could fit into a side together mm. so then you kind of go well, who else Man City Maybe they like to buy up players, don't they? Yeah. So, you know, you have the likes of Raheem Sterling kind of sitting on the bench now wondering, what the hell am I doing here? Um, you know, and then you've got Chelsea. Does he fit into that side? Potentially, but then others would have to leave mm. because there is that, that mix of Pulisic, Havertz, uh, Mason Mounds. You know, there's, there's plenty there to, to offer that same sort of outlet. And then where else have you got? Liverpool? Abroad, potentially, as well. Um, I, th- I genuinely Would think it's good. Spend that money abroad, too. But again, there's, there's not an awful lot of money swashing around Europe at the moment. Mm. So COVID has hit everything. So I'd say at least another season. I'd say if you were to progress next season and kind of hit that top six, top seven European football, I think then you might keep it for another year. Yeah. And then it's going to be the kind of Harry Kane time of right. I'm at this stage of my career now. Where is Villa going? Is Villa going to be in that stage of being a Leicester maybe and and being able to challenge for top four Champions League football? Do I want to win trophies? Again, very much comes down to the personality. We look at Matt Letizia all those years ago. Was just happy because he was happy at home. Some players are like that. They don't want to leave. They don't want to, you know. And you also look as well, you have the players that kind of make those moves. And you kind of have to say, fair enough, and I was never one for, but look at Eden Hazard you know, was loved as a god at Stamford Bridge and everything. We talk about Timo Werner having bad luck. Hazard has just had as bad luck at, at Real Madrid and it mm. hasn't worked out. And you could say it was the wrong move. But going back two years, you could tell in his mind, it's like, well, what do I do? Am I always going to have that question mark over my life where, damn, I didn't go first? Mm. Or am I just going to go, no, I want to stay here. Bit of the Alan Shearer type as well, you know, staying with the club. But, Never haven't gotten that Premier League, or well, he has the Premier League winner medal, but you know the 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 other accolades, I suppose he could have got. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's a, they're very good points, and I think yeah, the pressure is on Villa next season. To, I think to perform, we've progressed really well under Dean Smith. So next season will be a very interesting one to see where exactly where we're going. But actually, my prediction to win the league next season, although it's very early days and God knows what happens this summer, um, but on current form, I kind of think Chelsea might be on their way and. Um, you know, uh, Champions League final in a couple of weeks. Do you think you can win it? Yeah. I think if we play to that level, I was worried now, I have to say, not so much the Arsenal game, but Leicester. And Leicester at the African final, I don't even think we played badly. Again, and not to be moaning, because I actually, you know, I was quite happy that Leicester won it away. Because mm. it's nice to see that footballing thing. Of, to me, it's always good to see this trophy spread around. Obviously, you want your own club to win everything, but it's nice that it's not just the same thing time and time again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just a little bit worried. I was thinking, geez, have we, have we hit our, our top form too soon? 
have we plateaued now? Are we on the way back down? But after seeing the response on Tuesday night, the vigor, the energy was just superb. So again, I think if we bring that to City, Pep is a little bit frazzled by Tuchel's tactics because one of the big things I love about Tuchel, and I haven't mentioned actually yet, is he is, again, a, a new type of manager. Most managers, if we look at who've come into the Premier League in the past 20 years, have come in with the way they play. Look at Jose, and he played. He used to play with those two holding midfielders and three up top, the two fast wingers at times and stuff like that, and be very rigid. But never changed. Tuchel seems to adapt his tactics to everybody he plays. So he looks at the opposition. And you could say, oh, you should always stick to your guns and play the way you know how to play. But it seems like he's trained his players to be very adaptable. And he, he makes very subtle tweaks to his system time and time again. And because I thought when we played City in the league, well, they want to win today because that means they've won the league, I think. And they, just, they, could, they couldn't figure us out. Mm. And we, again, I'm not saying dominated, but definitely were worthy winners. And it's worried Pep. Um, and I, I really think going into that game with the likes of Kante hitting top form, mm. Jorginho even, who's been a, a bit of a Marmite type player for Chelsea fans, um, has, has been playing very, very well. And then the back three, you know, City are always dangerous. But I still think if we, if we can perform to the level we played against Leicester the other night, we played against Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, yeah, we... we it ain't going to be any sort of walkover for City. Um, and I, I don't want to say we have their number a little bit. I think psychologically we do a little bit. We have the edge. So we will be underdogs, but we love being underdogs as well. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, Frankie Maguire. And thank you very much for joining us, Will. Pleasure. And it's goodbye from me. I'll be back with George and Roisin later this week to talk all things Villa. But until then... Come on, super Aston Villa. Aston Villa.